Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Okay, today is November the 17th, 2015, and we are about to um, have our November discussion. And so um, first on our list will be um, our report on the Million Man March. And good evening again, everybody. I would like you all to take a journey with me for those who did not have a chance to attend the Million Man March, the 20th anniversary. I was not present in 1995 when the first march took place. I did go to the 10-year, although it was under scrutiny circumstances and I wasn't able to fully enjoy the experience. But we now came to a crossroads of the 20th anniversary. And I'd like you to picture at the, at the very, 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 very end of the Capitol building, looking back over the masses of a million-plus people who are all gathered to hear the words of Minister Louis Farrakhan. There is a presence in the air like no other to have all of these African-American man, woman, boy, girl, child, to have all of these people coming together to hear Minister Farrakhan speak on the injustices of the world, the injustices of our society, and what we as African Americans can do in order to continue to fight the fight and not only make this country a better place, but make the world a better place. That's the mindset I'd like you to come in as I begin to explain what Minister Farrakhan said. Because truth be told, if you go back and listen to a lot of the things he said, he made some very good points during his speech. Unfortunately, a lot of those points were just that, just points, and they were not opportunities to where he elaborated on what we could what we could do for example he made some he made a very very clear bold statement about men respecting women not referring to them as the b word and being the head of their households mm-hmm. that's all he said it wasn't a case of oh black men marry your women, black men, make sure you have a good job. There was no there was no emphasis on what he was saying. So truth be told, it was four and a half plus hours of him basically saying a lot of the things that we already know just in terms of the injustices with Trayvon Martin and 
the injustices with Eric Garner, he did mention a lot about those cases in particular and how we need to combat police brutality. As far as what I got out of it from a PTAC perspective, it is that you have many organizations that are proclaimed to be at the forefront of being like the Justice League and making sure that everybody has a voice at the table and that people's needs and concerns are being addressed. From a PTAC perspective, what we need to do is not only be aware of the Nation of Islam's agenda, we need to be aware of all of the political organizations and their agendas so that we are familiar with what we have to do in order to spread awareness about the different political processes that are happening throughout our separate cities and throughout this country. With 300 with 352 days to go until we elect our next president, PTAC needs to be in the midst of knowing not only what each presidential candidate's political position is, but we also need to be aware of our local positions and initiatives so that we know how to be effective agents of change. Are there any questions to my report? Everybody's mic is open, so I can do roll call or if anyone has a question right off the bat or a comment. I just want to start off and say thank you so much for going and representing and, you know, coming back with, you know, um, a very nice high-level presentation. But I, I will let someone else start if anyone has any questions for him and his experience and what he what he shared just now or anything else on your mind regarding the Million Man March. Um, Joan, may I? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is Anita. I um, agree with you on us needing to be aware of what is going on politically um, on the ground locally, on the state level and federal level, and also the global level. Hold on, stop. Um, And my question would be, and and this is just putting this out here for everyone to think about, because I'm in IT and Jonah, I just completed my MIS course um, towards my master's, and um, it's difficult as I posted about it, um, going through these master programs because the majority of the case studies are around how white America or um, the powers that be do business, and it's not necessarily the way that we do business as a community. So um, with what you're saying, I think what helps is if we are business owners and active in the community that we do start getting ourselves better acquainted with the issues so that we know how to 
position ourselves um, on the commerce level because even with knowing all of those things, starting to get the word out and pushing um, the information to our communities, it's going to take some sort of resource, um, financial resource. And one thing that I have dealt with on the ground is it's this volunteer trend or mantra that everything you do when you volunteer has to be for the passion of what you're doing, and I think we cripple ourselves um, under that mantra. So I do agree with you on, on getting ourselves aware of what's going on politically and where we need to position ourselves. Okay. Anyone else have a question, comment? And even for our, our new people, just any any questions, fair game. Anything, I mean, if you're, this is your first call, feel free to ask anything. There's no such thing as a silly, dumb question. If, it, if it's on your mind, then it's important. Well, I guess I would have a question of, um, this is Jennifer. I'm in Austin, Texas. Uh, well, what would be our first position? What What does that position look like? That's a good question. We have some well, going I, on, so. I, what I can um, suggest is that um, there, there are two things we're working on that will include that. But on our website, if you go to blackparentconnect.com and if you go to um, two places, areas of concern, and those are all the different things that we are concerned about, our overarching goal or the, the question, the litmus, the litmus test to everything is: a hundred years from today, what will matter for our children, and/or the descendants of our children, and/or the descendants of our children's children? That's the timeline of what we're looking for. In the here and the now, we are basically acting as, um, how to put it. Watchdogs, vultures, to make sure that nothing happens to our children on our watch right now. We want to be in a position where anybody who's running for an office or anything that's happening in our local zip codes, that we are aware of what's going on so that we're not caught off guard when the media says, um, this just happened, this just happened, this just happened, it didn't just happen. Nothing just happens. It's been brewing for years. It's been brewing for months. There's been meetings discussing how that was going to get rolled out. And it's just a matter of us being distracted or unaware or all of the above. One of the things with PTAC is we try to encourage each other, even if it's hard, even if it's lonely, even if you don't have anyone else to get in the car and go with you, but to attend every known conference, town hall, um, you know, anything that comes up in your neighborhood, whether mm-hmm. um, decision makers or, you know, um, stakeholders, um, presenting information, sharing information, hiding information, <laughs> that mm-hmm. we are we, your... We're, that we are the friends that you will be able to say, should I go? And we will unanimously say, get in your car and go. Oh, I don't have gas. We'll find some money for you to put gas in your tank. We need you to be there. Your children need you to be there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to find it. 
Um, so that's, I don't know if they answer your question, but that's basically. Makes sense. Um, when you said hiding, because a lot of the times when they have the city council meetings, sometimes they're at the libraries, but they don't announce ahead of time that they're going to meet. And then the next day, you know, people are upset saying, well, we didn't even know about the meeting and y'all had a meeting and didn't tell anybody. You know, those are the type of problems we have come across. What I would suggest is this is what I have done. I have found local um, community outreach sort of um, programs like the ACLU, all of them. When you get with those and get on their mailing list because now you can just go sign up and get updates, and that's how mm -hmm. I know things that are going on in the community. Down here in Houston, y'all know we have the big mayor's race going on with Sylvester Turner. Well, first thing I did was I knew I was voting for the guy, but I got to know his community where the information is being disseminated. So I joined his little group of women for Turner, and I get emails every week on what's going on um, in in the, the city of Houston. Uh, and, I mean, not just um, endorsement meetings like for Sylvester Turner. These are the local community meetings with the super neighborhood people and whomever, and I get a whole list every week of what's going on, and I pick and choose which ones that I can get to or which ones are more important um, for me to show up. So my suggestion is um, get it with your local universities, your local colleges, get on their events cycle because they have events that they have at the universities all the time. Um, get with a local community organization or group. Um, I don't have any names to throw out because I end up getting so many, but with your park facilities, anything that has something to do with your city services, get with those groups and you'll start getting the information to know where to start showing up. Then you'll start meeting the people who have that information to disseminate to you. Okay. A good start. Okay. Yeah, you just have to start getting out there because once you meet one person, you'll start meeting all the other folks and they'll start disseminating that information to you. Okay. I'm um, going to pause just one second. Michigan has joined us. Hello? Michigan? Yes, Michigan is here. Okay. Hi. How are you? I am fine. And yourself? Good. Do you want to do a quick introduction, or you're just listening in? Um, my name is Jackie Taylor, and I am in Detroit, Michigan, and I actually have a reading program. Uh, that's how much I am into education of our children, and I enjoy anyone and that feels that same way about our kids. Well, we so welcome I, you, and we're, we're glad that you made it, that you took the time out to be with us. Absolutely. Yeah. Anytime. Okay. Um, Jamel, any other thoughts or comments on the Million Man March? Um, those are all of my comments at this time. Okay. So behind the scenes, you and I will take the report and put it on the site. Um, you know, I said if you had any pictures or video or YouTube or anything else that you, you know, wanted to share, we will fill that space for you. 
so that way not only could the individuals on this call or the ones that are listening to the replay can refer to it, but then they can share it with other people as well. Okay. So once again, I want to thank you for um, taking that time to attend and then also to report back. That's what it's all about because all of us could not possibly, well, I'm not going to say possibly, all of us did not get to the march, but I'm sure we all benefited from hearing his report. So those are the types of things that we we ask everyone to do. If you can get to an event, if you can get to something locally and bring it back home is what we call it, then we all grow. And at the end of the day, you know, our children benefit from it. So thank you again. The next item um, that we have is the update on the gifted education. Um, last month we had an extensive call where we fleshed out and talked about personal experiences and just barriers and solutions, if you will, of, of when you see children, whether they're yours or someone else's, that are demonstrating gifted traits, and we shared the different um, checklists that, avail that are available um, that can give you hints that your child might be gifted, um, that you could, uh, what do you do when they keep telling you that there's no space or your child really isn't gifted or they haven't seen it enough evidence or whatever? And so um, I spoke with um, Dr. Donna Ford and Dr. Joy Lawson, who are both experts in African-American gifted education, and they, they go across the country doing presentations and workshops, helping people understand sensitivity and diversity and things that they need to not put on a biasness when they're dealing with our children so that they can recognize that it's not a child that's necessarily a troublemaker or that's a um, uh whatever negative name you want to call it, um, but that they are potentially gifted and they deserve to be tested because they're funding around those types of things. So they said they would love to come and they would be doing this for us free. So therefore we have to kind of do it on their time. So we had suggested, um, I think we said like a, Whatever time we said, <laughs> it didn't quite work for them. Um, what they said would work for them, I think, was a morning um, appointment time to do it. Um, I will read you um, exactly what they said in their email. Um, what I sent to them, I said, we had our monthly TTAC meeting where we focused a great deal of time on the plight of our experiences with gifted education, PTAC is a black family super PAC that focuses on topics dealing with politics, economics, technology, and action that helps or hurts our children. The various state representatives from our call shared many similar experiences across the nation, yet there was one parent who had a totally different perception based on assumptions. He assumed that if a child was truly gifted, it was a duh, that he or she would be in a different track, and that parents simply had to see, it, see to it being done, period. This response is one that I feel is not an isolated one. We would like to have expert guidance to dispel the myth that a gifted child is automatically identified by the public school system and what parents should know about their child's traits.
before the child enters the school system. The group would like it to be a Sunday evening webinar, 6 o'clock p.m., but it could be whatever is comfortable and convenient for your schedule and interest. We would love to have both you and Dr. Ford so that the skeptical parent can hear from can hear truth from multiple voices. Ideally, the listeners will get enough information to, one, purchase books that deal with this plight, or two, request that their local school district has one or both of you to present solutions. And then I said, thanks, Joan, go see your PTAC. So the response back was, um, I received this request from Joan Gosier. She's requesting that the two of us participate in a webinar on gifted education. I had told her that perhaps late November or early December would be best. And do you have time? Which Sunday evening would work best for you? And then Dr. Ford replied and said, yes, late November works. Early December, even better. Less tag team. And I prefer mornings, but that's fine. So what have you, <laughs> PTAC members? There's a, what do you Sunday, mean? Oh, um. Sunday morning would not work for me. I would say that because I will be in church. <laughs> but a Sunday evening, I could, uh, I could, I could sacrifice to do a Sunday evening. It would be worth it for me. Sunday evening is fine with me. Good Same for here. me too. Okay. How late is too late? We're we're dealing on Eastern Standard Time. Um, preferably for me, um, uh, well, you know, anytime sunny, you know, it's Sunday night football, John, what can you say? But um, anytime, about <laughs> <laughs> depending on if the Texans or the Cowboys play, but I'm just saying, no, six o'clock. <laughs> 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 the rest of y'all I don't care about, but I'm just saying I know so six o'clock is fine. Anytime after six is good for me. Anytime after six. Okay. Yeah. Would um That would be like seven um on the east coast. All right, seven PM. Mm-hmm. And what we might be able to do is piggyback with Hafiza Majid, who does courageous conversations on education. And if we do it that way, then, um, you know, we've got that venue set up um, as far as, you know, but if we can all agree with 10, I mean, 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard on December 6th, then um, we will um, then communicate it out to everybody in advance. The next PTAC meeting will be December the 15th at 7 o'clock. So this is the week before. Okay. So we'll still have our regular meeting on the 15th of December. Okay. Well, I will take care of getting that set up. Um, the next item that we had was um, National Respect Day, and Calvin was going to come on to um, talk about that. Basically, since he's not here, I'll just um, give the highlights. It's a day that he wants organizations and individuals and families nationwide to put aside um, time to commit to showing respect for, um, you know, people, you know, so that there's almost like a moratorium on the hatred, on the gun violence, on the, you know, street shootings, police shootings, 
you know, all of the above. Um, he wants everybody to recognize that respect is something that's sorely needed in the community that's not happening automatically and encouraging kids to do videos, um, plays, you know, whatever, just to have a good evening, um, having, you know, do whatever it takes to um, increase brotherhood, sisterhood nationwide. So I told him, you know, um, to bring it up on the call and just share with us what we could do to help support that launch, and that will be on April 6th of 2016. Any questions or concerns about National Respect Day? Okay. And we'll continue to talk about it, but he just wanted to make sure that we put that date on our calendars and just, you know, have early awareness. Okay. That's National Respect Day. Can you give me a little bit about that right quick? Okay, it's going to be um, sort of like a day of atonement slash um, a, 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 a plea for individuals who are in the African-American community primarily to show respect to one another, to um, our families, to our children, recognizing all the different statistics that are out there that are mm-hmm. negative. Um, mm-hmm. he, I'll read you... Um, kind of like what he, he said he wasn't ready for it all to be shared yet, but I will um, just kind of give you a highlight of what he had. That's why I want him to be on the call. But um, I'll just kind of give you all the highlights. Um, it says, April 6, 2016, now is respect me, respect you, respect we. We are challenging every conscious, caring, concerned child, teen, and adult from all walks of life to be accountable for their own words, beliefs, and deeds. Ground zero is a point of rebuilding, not a point of blame. This is the day that we as human beings will reset the clock on love, peace, family, community, health, economics, and education. We must relearn what respect is in all areas of our lives, eliminate the politics and our concerns, and put the power of change in the hands of the everyday people who can do it. And then he just goes through in terms of the different seven areas that individuals as a respect day hero would pledge to practice and promote and then it just goes on with some of the statistics that the day is um, designed to try to um, bring awareness to. And so the conclusion is show your support and register as an individual or a group to commit to the Respect Day Pledge. Be a Respect Day hero. Remember, respect me, respect you, respect we. Oh, wow. Happy. So. Okay, is that on Facebook? To... No, not yet. Not yet. That's just here. With that's just inside okay. of here in PTAC. Okay. 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 So, so he wanted our, ready, our thoughts ready. and our feedback. So you're ready to go. So, so we know it's coming. We know it's yeah. April six, and so okay. we can start in our respective zip codes, thinking of ways that we can make sure that our school districts, or our school systems, or our churches, community groups. Um, you know, put that date on their calendar and and just ex, you know expect to learn to respect. And where do we register at? Say that again. Where do we register? Um, the, the he's going to launch the website. Yeah, they're going to launch the website and have a whole little rollout. So, like I said, oh. right now we have kind of like the inside scoop that it's coming and um, oh. just buy in that we will support it. Okay. Any comments, 
on anyone on National Respect Day? Oh, no. I think that's a wonderful thing to do. I wish it was tomorrow, but I can hold <laughs> out to April 6th. <laughs> I can hold out to April, but I wish it was tomorrow. Okay. Um. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Next is our 2016 bylaws. Um, we are in the process of drafting them so that we would have um, in place um, what our bylaws are, what our officers are, what our directors are, what everyone's role and responsibility. And um, Jamal, did, are you still there, Jamal? I'm here. Okay, good. I'm here. Um, do you want to just share with the group from a high level um, about bylaws and a recommendation of when we should actually seek to put them in place? Okay. Basically, the bylaws and regulations are the blueprint for how the organization is run. It goes as far as what the overall mission of the organization is, <coughs> excuse me, as well as the election process and just the day-to-day operations of the organization. My personal suggestion is to roll out the bylaws and have them approved at the first PTAC call for 2016. Any comments Uh, from anyone? What I'm I'm going to... um, suggest is that we actually have them available to go over at the January call, but not have them approved until the February call, because we will, um, we will need, we were assuming that we would have everyone's email in place, that everyone on this call will need to definitely make sure that you register. Um, It's no charge or anything to be a member of PTAC in terms of a general member. But in order to be able to vote on these bylaws and approve them, you will need to be a dues-paid or at least a charter dues-paid member. The dues for PTAC is $10 per month or $120 a year. They're family dues. So one person can represent 10 family members, 100 family how many family members you have, you know, your one vote would go and represent everybody in your family. Or you can do a charter member, which we had going for the first 10 people at the rate of $65. And what the dues covers is anything that we um, do that deals with supporting action. So, for example, the movie Emmett Till is being produced by an African-American man um, to tell the true story of Mamie Till and Emmett Till and, and how all that went down. He did a crowdfund appeal, and we proudly we contributed, how much did we contribute, $60? I should know that. <laughs> we contributed an amount right at the end that helped them meet the goal. So he did get the funding within, like, the last hours of the campaign, and, and we proudly were a part of making that history. Um, I need to do a financial report. So I'll pause right here for a second because I didn't do that on the beginning, on the front end. Our 
current financial balance as our super PAC is $170.13. That's $170.13. So we are striving to do a lot with a little resource, but the more members that we have, then the more types of GoFunds we can support, the more types of literature campaigns in terms of helping break down the complex to the simple for our family members in terms of flyers, materials, brochures, or whatever. So in the future, those are obviously things that would be very useful, I think, going into the 2016 election. We cannot, as a super PAC, support a particular candidate. So we can't take money, raise it, and then send it to candidate A or candidate B. But what we can do is produce materials with what our agenda is, what we want done, what, regardless of who's on office, what things matter to our children and for our children that we want this particular candidate to support. And we can distribute that and send it out to anybody we want to say these are the things that we want, who's willing to get it done for us. Those are the types of things that a super PAC can do. But we cannot send money to a particular candidate or we cannot coordinate with that candidate. Of Like they can't tell us, we want you to put together a flyer that says, vote for this person because I'm a great person. That's not what we would do. We would put together what our issues are, what we want, and then we can use our funds to to distribute that, do a TV commercial, do a YouTube campaign, whatever it is that we want to do. But that will take, you know, members. So I'm the, I'm a patient person. Somebody on this call might be impatient. That's great, too. Um, but whatever it takes, we know that we have to have more than $170.13 to do a lot of those things. But at the same time, we were able to get a movie funded with just giving yeah. some seeds. Okay, so we can, like, um, pay for the whole year? You can pay for the whole year. You can pay by the week. You can pay by the month. On the website, you have, like, several different options of how you do it. Okay. And um, right now, it's the only way we have to do it right now is PayPal. Once we reach the $1,000 mark, then we are able to open up our own super PAC fund where we are registered with the federal government and then we will have our own separate EIN number and um, bank account and all of those things. But it just doesn't make sense to do one without doing the other. And so until you've raised 1000 or spent 1000 you will not be recognized as a super PAC by the federal government. And our goal my goal is definitely that before the 2016 election, we want to be recognized as a black family super PAC. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Any questions? Wonderful thing. So that's why I was thinking if we got the, the bylaws in place, then that would help us as well, I think, with everybody, you know, feeling confident and secure in what am I joining, what am I paying dues for, where is it going, how is it going. Um, I think having the printed bylaws um, would, would go a long way. That's my personal feeling. Any thoughts? And I'll go down the road. Yeah. South Texas? Either South Texas callers, your thoughts, reaction? Yeah. Okay, North Georgia. Let me hit a refresh to see if I lost anybody. 
Oh, no, I'm still I'm still here. You're still there? Okay, your thoughts yes. then. I mean, everything everything pretty much makes sense to me just in terms of how we're moving forward with everything. Uh-huh. Okay. New York? Oh, you are New York. <laughs> South <laughs> Texas. <laughs> <laughs> That's you, Lanita. I'm sorry. Okay. Yes, that's you. Your thoughts oh. on the bylaws. Oh, I'm I'm good. Defining roles and responsibilities and getting organized is great, so I'm down with it. Okay. Do you want to speak, since we have some new people on the call, do you want to speak towards the logo? Because Jamal, I don't, I don't know, Jamal, I don't know if you are aware of the logo um, agreement with Lanita's company. So maybe for the record, since it's being recorded, go ahead and share the background on the logo. Who, me? Yes, you. <laughs> you created the logo for PTAC. I wasn't ready. No, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> let, me, let me pull the logo up so I can have the visual. Hold on. Okay. You know, you know so we'll go to we'll go to Michigan. We'll go to Michigan while you're doing that, okay? Okay. Okay, Michigan. Any thoughts or reactions on the um the the, the bylaw situation? No, I think what you all are doing is wonderful. I have always joined organizations hoping that at some point they do something like what you're doing now, and I know you know they're not. And so to um, be a part of an organization that does think bigger than the room that we sit in each week is a wonderful thing. I mean, you're talking about what the other people do. <laughs> you're talking about doing what other people do. That, <laughs> Mm-hmm. I mean, for real, PTAC, I mean, we don't know, you know. I, we don't know. And so I hope that what you're doing spark other organizations to do the same thing because we have to have a voice and we have to have um the leverage um, in the elections, not just at the voting booth at the day that we vote, but this is leverage before the election. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You you see what I'm saying? That that's that you're using um, to help our children because nobody is crazy. Our children are being. Um, held back to keep them from competing with other children. And it's not Mm -hmm. fair that Mm -hmm. that is why you are holding them back um, Mm -hmm. because I see every day I teach children, every day. This is, I mean, besides I'm a real estate agent, besides I'm a nurse. I, mean, <laughs> I teach. That is part of my day that nothing is going to take away. And I see the genius 
that our children are in the few days that I have with them. Imagine if I had more days with them, but the few days that I have with them, I see the genius that I know all of our children are. And so to to have an organization pushing for the betterment of, of our children and not on election day, and I think that's why everything go bad is because it's too late. Mm-hmm. On election day, the person is in there, and now you don't have any leverage to do anything, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I am. Oh my goodness! Mm-hmm. Well, I gotta ask two questions. How do we find you, and how do we multiply you? Where did you oh, come God. from? How um, do we find you? Um, um. Uh, what is his name? Oh, geez. Okay, now I feel bad because it's a gentleman in Ohio that found me on Facebook, and he introduced me to you all. And I just can't think of his name. And isn't he like one of the head of the organizations or something? Is it a male that's up there at the top? Well, you know, we have a, a whole family here at the top. You are at the top. We're all here together. <laughs> okay. I just oh, didn't wait a know. minute. I think it's Stephen, T-A-S-T-E-P-H-E-N, or something like that. Okay, that's in my head. Mario oh. Stephen. Well, yeah. however we found you, we are just happy and grateful that you're here. <laughs> and this is you know, I know all of us, I can speak for all of us, I know we are all thrilled because that's one of the things that brings us together, as I was sharing earlier, is that uh, the question was, how did you all come about? Like, what started this? And part of it was the fact that all of us are very passionate about, you know, being proactive, not waiting until uh-huh. things hit the news, not uh-huh. waiting until one of our children's lying in the street dead. Um, we wanted to get our peers, our family, also energized so that when you go to the podium at City Hall or Town Hall or whatever forum, that we're not the only ones. And what we found um, across the board is that sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's hard, in, depending on what zip code you live in. But if PTAC could be that kind of, um, you know, I use the analogy like if you're going up against a bully, Sometimes it helps you say, hey, I got my friends behind me. Sometimes the bully backs down, and if the bully doesn't back down, at least it's not just you, but you got mm-hmm. your friends on the back against that bully. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. that's what we want PTAC to be for each of us. Like, we may not be able to get in a car and, and or get on a plane and be at your city council meeting with you or be at the school board meeting, but you can come back to the PTAC group and say, hey, this is what they're telling me or this is what I'm faced with what should I do or what do you think my options are? And you have a group of people that either we will collectively brainstorm, share, or we'll get on the call and call the ACLU or call the NAACP or call whoever and be able to say the PTAC organization requests your um, expertise in helping our member figure this out. Uh And so our goal is not – and, I mean, I'm not trying to knock any of the groups that do it, but this is just is not my vision that we are out always having to lead a march. We can join a march, 
we can be a part of a march, but really we want to get stuff done. So I was thinking of this analogy. PTAC is like a transparent organization that's invisible. <laughs> We're like water. <laughs> you know, we get stuff done without a whole lot of fanfare behind it, but at the same time, we're not trying to be some secret, you know, elite group per se. Um, we are elite in that we care and we're not just going to hit snooze and pretend nothing is happening to our children. But at the same time, we're not basing it because who your mother is or who your aunt is or who your uncle is. We don't have that kind of situation. If, if you care, you want to share and make other people aware, then that's PTAC. Care, share, make people have to work that out, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> share, share, and make others aware. Make us keep aware. Right. Because the reality is, is for some reason, everybody doesn't care until, in my opinion, it's too late. Right. But that's the whole problem with us. And I'm sorry to say with our community is we are reactionary. We are not. We got that reputation. Yes. And that shouldn't be. I don't understand how we have meetings every week and we don't raise any money to do anything. And all I can think of is when we were growing up, nobody got put out of their house. We, there was no issue because they have a party and they charge $5 a piece and you come in and you drink and you have a good time and you go home and everybody had a nice time and your rent was paid or their water bill was paid. That's what we are totally on the opposite spectrum. Where well, that was masterfully done. Yes. It, it, we can't, yeah. I mean, there's things that we can do now that we're much aware because I know for a fact coming from where I come from, and I would say that there's a difference of those black individuals that have grown up in areas where your population is less than 10% of the population. So that experience of oppression, you learn how to survive around it. Um, When you show up because you are less than 10%, it doesn't matter how much you show up. They run you over. They change the times. They don't tell you what the times are. Jennifer's from where I'm from. So when she's speaking about that, I'm very much aware of it because I've lived through it watching my parents. It's just how often is. And so they overshadow you. They put policies in place to weaken your voice so that it becomes a what is the point of me showing up? Your job doesn't help. Because if you're trying to take off to go to a council meeting, they own you about your time when you're showing up. Mm-hmm. So you're just constantly being harassed and burdened to where these things aren't easy to do. But now we have social media. So that yes. burden has been lifted to where we can disseminate the information and make ourselves aware on our own time um, as long as we manage our you know, social networks, how we interact on our own time, and then – We need to start specifying times when we need to drop everything and show up. That way we can adhere to our busy schedules now but still be effective and get things done. So, I mean, we're in a better place than what we were in the past. Yes, because one thing that even social media, have you all, and I'm going to hesitate, this is off the agenda. We pretty much covered everything on our agenda, but I do want to bring this attention since it's being recorded. 
Are you all familiar with what's going on with the patty pies? Yes. Yes. <laughs> all right. Do you all have you all seen the satir the satirical article that was written saying disparaging things about the pies? But I don't even want to read it because it's slander. Okay. Well, basically, this this article was making fun of the fact that people were outraged or whatever, and so they basically were saying that there was some kind of problem with the factory or whatever, and that you know it was a lie. Okay. So, like I said, I don't even want to repeat the mm-hmm. lie because it's slander, but it was a lie. And what I believe wasn't someone that looked like any of us that did it. And the reason why I say that, because I don't think we're, we would do that. I mean, she's still revered in our community, but it's like they wanted to put a halt to her sales. They wanted to stop her sales. And people are forwarding this around on Facebook. And my thing is, why would you purposely forward around something when at the bottom of the article it tells you that this is not a real newspaper, this is a satire piece? And for some reason, our people don't understand not our people. I don't want to say some people right. that are in my social network because right. I, I can mm-hmm. see it in their news feed don't understand satire and they're busy forwarding this negative information about her product. Oh. And it's mm-hmm. just, it's, to me, it's like a test. It's like a dummy test. Like, let's mm-hmm. just see how dumb these people are that they're going to forward bad information about this woman's product just because our satire newspaper put it out there. May I uh, add, Joan, to that, you know, this data scientist thing that's going on from a tech person. I'm a tech person, IT. So my career is in information technology. What bothers me um, with us being behind on our education and having the pedal to catch up is that now we're in an age where data analytics is starting to be manipulated and theories are being put in place where information will be pushed out via the social spectrum and then watch how we react. I just keep thinking of Paris and watching how we feel obligated to respond and to jump on <laughs> every cause. And what you mean? We white, man. <laughs> I don't care. But, you know, if, if they ain't doing that, nothing about what's happening in Chicago, I can't help people in no Paris. But, you know, we when um, they killed the officer down here in Texas, the first thing the sheriff did was blame Black Lives Matter, and then we had to go through the process of Blue Lives Matter, All Lives Matter, and why aren't we showing up at the vigils for the slain officer, blah, blah, blah. You know, just a force of we, got, we have to engage in everybody else's cause and show up but it's really so that we can validate their cause. Because if we don't show up, it's not validated. But so now let's see how they can force us to show up and they're using social media um, to push that agenda. And so, you know, for us, when I talk about PTAC and my role in, in, in what I want to see with PTAC is that every member takes responsibility to help educate all of us on whatever is your area of expertise because it's so much going on that we wouldn't be able to cover it all one or two people. But, you know, when everyone has their expertise, you combat that, because there are black people out there who are just against us. You know, it doesn't help their pocketbook to to help their people. So we have to know who those are and just be like, hey, this is what it is. 
and explain uh-huh. it to us where we understand it versus uh-huh. a high-level talking over us where no one understands what's going on or what we need to do. You know, we have a whole group of African Americans who you have to tell them what to do. We don't like to do that. We don't like to tell people what to do. What we like is for people to come to it in their own thought process. Some of it, we just don't have that time. So, you know, it's kind of like when we're in this cluster, we can talk, we can come to the uh, solutions, and once we hit the solutions, we need to be driving it home so that everybody else can come on and get on board. Um, Because with this texting and the way they can manipulate this data now and the fact that we are not aware of what satire is or even how to research to know what the truth of something is means we'll be voting like we did in Houston against ourselves because they made our equal rights ordinance into a bathroom ordinance. And so all of these wonderful black folks were at the polls telling you not to vote for equal rights because of the bathroom ordinance part and not understanding that you are voting against something for yourself. And they had no idea. And so, of course, we voted the ordinance down so there's no equal rights on the ground in Houston of all cities. But it just went to show how media and social media can drive an idea and a thought uh, to have us work against ourselves. So we really have to strengthen ourselves so that when that happens, we can be our own spin machine. Well, I have a good idea because, um, which falls in line with what I'm doing um, in Detroit. When I first moved here, the police would pull um, young black men over, and you would see them take them out the car, sit them on the curb while they search the car. Well, you can't do that, though. And so every day I'm seeing them do this, do this. Well, I created the constitutional wallet. And the constitutional wallet, that's, um, it's a leather wallet, beautiful wallet. But on the inside, when the police pull you over, they ask you for three things, your license, insurance, and registration. Well, across from mm-hmm. your license is the Fourth Amendment. So that stops them from taking you out the car, searching you, searching your car, searching your person, finding something, and making that probable cause because they have to have a warrant. See, when they ask you to step out the car and you step out the car, you're actually complying. They're not violating your Fourth Amendment rights. But if the car's Fourth Amendment rights is sitting there in their face, then they can't ask you to step out the car. Across from your insurance is the Fifth Amendment, which is the Miranda warning, which says you have a right to remain silent. Silent is in capital letters because anything, you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have a right to an attorney. Do you understand your rights? Across from the vehicle registration is the 14th Amendment. When you talk about equal rights, the 14th Amendment says you're a United States citizen. If you're born a naturalized here and that the officer placed his hand on the Bible and swore allegiance to the Constitution and cannot not knowingly violate your constitutional rights. So they don't do that in Detroit anymore. So how do we get, how do you have a website or anything that we can link to that you can share? Um, well, first of all, are you, are you in blackparentconnect.com or um, on Facebook? Is there a link or anything that you can share? No, and see, it will be, but before what happened was when I advertised, I had more orders than I could feel myself. 
I mean, I still have a few other jobs that I do, and so I said, oh, that wasn't good. I couldn't advertise because I couldn't do it. But now I have a high school that wants to implement the constitutional wallet to the seniors and that they have to have 200 credit hours to graduate and that they could make the wallet and they would use the time towards community service. And they would also, of course, get the constitutional wallet. And so what we are working on now, we just say anything until at least they make some, (laughs) and then I do it again. But as soon as I advertise, I mean, I had to fill all the orders because I I couldn't have my name like that, but then I didn't advertise after that because it, it was too fast. So I just sell them on Saturday at the McDonald's, a black-owned McDonald's, and he allowed me to sell the wallet in his facility. Mm. Wait, well, I congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> right. So this way, if the kids do it, then I will. Um, advertise on Facebook. I have a my regular page, my Facebook real estate page. So I would really push the I even have clients that's out of state, but we they can't advertise either until we get this with the school. But once we get it with the school, yeah, because it, it wasn't just here in Detroit. We had to fight with New Jersey, New York, when they had to um, stop and frisk. Well, stop and frisk violates the Fourth Amendment. And so unless you say you above the Fourth Amendment, and you don't have to follow the Constitution, then you can't stop and frisk. So that's why they stopped the stop and frisk. You, we do have Fourth Amendment rights. We do have Fifth Amendment rights, and we do have Fourteenth Amendment rights. And they, these are for black people, as far as I'm concerned. That is the protection that's put into place for us. It's just that our kids don't know it because they're not teaching the Constitution. Right. So mm-hmm. they just cut out the reason I made the reading program, Superphonics, was because they took phonics yeah. out of the public school system. Well, our kids learn by sound. I mean, you could take a young kid, play a record two or three times, and when you play it again, not only is he going to sing all of the words, he or she, he going to play the guitar, they going to play the piano, they going to play the violin, whatever musical instrument they hear, they're going to be able to play it. Well, the reason they can do that is because of the rhythm that we are born with. Well, phonics is sound. All words are based on sound. When they took phonics out and put in sight words, well... I don't even know what that is. You can't look at a word and know what it is. Well, we, as you can see, we got lots of lots of work to do. Um, For everyone that's listening to the call and for everyone that's on the call, please make sure that you come to blackparentconnect.com, that you register if you're not on our email list so that you can get um, the updates that we send um, each month. And make sure you join our group, Black Parent Connect, on Facebook, and that you like the page. So then that way you can put 
your information that that you want us to disseminate. And as always, when you put something out that is going to help our families increase their knowledge and awareness on politics, economics, technology, or any actions that need to be taken, hashtag it PTAC, P-E-T-A-C, so that way, you know, we get our hashtags trending and things can get picked up through social media. And Ms. Lanita, do you want to say anything parting on that before we wrap up? Yes, um, I do. First, I had a question. Joan, did you uh, get to let Jennifer talk about her school experience with her daughter? No, no we did not talk okay. about that. Um, we can get into that when we do the workshop, if that would help, or if you Is think it's okay, important. Because I, I brought her onto the call because, um, you know, we're tackling education. But Jennifer, is that okay if we move in uh, YouTube? Or do you want to? Because this part is still being recorded. Or do you want? Do you want what you have to say right now on the recording for replay, or do you want to incorporate it into the workshop on December the sixth? No, no, no. It's it's fine to be recorded. Okay. Okay. So you want to go ahead and state, um, you know, what you want the PTEC organization to help in your um, pursuit for your child? Um, sure. Um, so basically, my my daughter's name is Jalen. She's 13 years old, and she is in the seventh grade. She repeated the fifth grade, and um, the problem was recently she had been getting in trouble, having some behavioral issues. Um, now, I'm not sure because that that's my oldest child, so I don't know how far um, gifted or talented children are allowed to participate in school like that, like if they have those programs. Um, but she's never been placed in a gifted or talented program in school, never. Um, so, like I said, the problem was behavior. They have never called me or ever said anything to me about her grades because her grades had been slipping. So Jalen is making Fs in every class. Every class she's she's making a 70 or below, nothing over a 70. Um, so I had a – the problem was – why do you call me when she has a behavioral issue problem? But you know her grades are not where they're supposed to be. But I didn't get a phone call. And this is the assistant principal. I had never met the assistant principal because right now my children are in custody with my with my mother. And that's a totally different issue and situation. Um, I'm open about that as well. Um, but I am active in my children's life and in their education. And I take it very seriously because I was in special ed, and I don't want to see that happen to my children. I mean, through third grade, through 12th grade, I graduated in special ed, and I don't want that to happen to my children. So I am trying my best to prevent 
Jalen and her other siblings from having to, you know, continue the cycle of what I had to go through. So I'm I'm kind of puzzled and a little irritated with AISD because they've they've disappointed me in in several different ways there. So, so I'm, and I'm gonna jump in here, Jennifer, and just give a little background. The reason why Jennifer is on because I have another cousin who has um, a daughter going to the same school that Jennifer's daughter is going to, and I didn't know that they were at the same school, but the issues that they are coming back to me with are the same. And this is supposed to be a girls' academy that's supposed to build uh, leadership among the girls, but, you know, the information that I'm getting back is kind of is like these folks are setting up these charter schools targeting our underserved um, communities and giving the impression that they're going to take these kids and list them and give them the tools that they need to be successful, and that's not happening. And so with Jennifer and now we have two parents um, who are having the same issue at this one school, you know, with them and PTAC, you know, as they come and start participating and giving their stories, this is where we come in and giving them what to do and how to engage and how to start the paper trail um, so that they can get the help, um, the interventions that their children are supposed to be receiving uh, based on what the school policy says but are not receiving because they're just pushing the kids through and allowing them to fail. And the only thing that they're concerned about is their ability to follow directions. Okay. Well, I have three quick questions. One, is is the school a Title I funded school? Probably. Okay, so that's the question you need to find out. It, it should be on the website for the school or just a quick phone call to the school will be, is this a Title I? Um, there's two types of Title I. There's a, a Title I school-wide, and it's a Title I, like, intervention status. Title I school-wide means that it covers all of the students. Title I intervention status, whereas it might be resources just for a specific grade or a reading or a subject or whatever. Um, if it's a Title I funded, meaning they're getting federal money from the federal government to operate, um, then there's a right to know clause for the parent. The parent has the right to know the grades. The parent has the right to know the credentials of the teachers, et cetera, et cetera. So the second question will be, are you able to have a meeting with the teacher and review the grade book, grade by grade, homework, classwork, quiz, test, and so forth? Now, I- I I went up to the school um, several days out of the week. Um, I mean, did you specifically ask them to see the grade book? Yes, ma'am. Not the grade book, but there's a website where they had me to register, which that was a problem because I couldn't register um, because there was some technical issues that they were having. And so it took a while for me to get registered. But once I finally did get registered, I saw the grade. And um, now I I can say that I do hold her um, pretty much 
most of the responsibility on her for her to make passing grades because, you know, those assignments that those teachers are giving you, it's your responsibility to complete. And so, yeah. Okay, so the third question is, do you have the rubric, meaning rubric is like how each class is weighted? So, like, is a quiz worth the same amount as homework? Is the same amount of classwork? Is the same amount of tests? Each teacher mm-hmm. might have their own way of weighting it, and you as a parent have the right to ask each of those teachers, because she's in middle school, correct? Yes, ma'am. Yes. Yeah. So she's so each teacher should be able to like if she takes six classes, you should be able to get six from six different teachers what's weighted what because one teacher's presentation might be weighted more heavily than a quiz, another teacher the test might be weighted more heavily than a, a, a notebook check or whatever, and so you know and that basically it's not to say that you need to understand all the ins and outs of of how they set up their curriculum for the year, but that just shows them that you're not playing, that you mm-hmm. really are concerned about helping your child. And when you throw those vocabulary words out like that, then they're like, oh, I, I must have pegged her wrong. She really understands this. Let me make sure that uh, I'm really not just, you know, because sometimes they may say to your child, like this happened to my daughter even, uh, it said uh, something to the effect like, Oh, um, you left. You went. To, she had a doctor's appointment or something. She got sick, so I took her home early. And so I look on her online report card, and I see she has a zero. And so I'm like, "Well, wait a minute. Why is a zero here?" And she said, "Oh, I didn't get a chance to finish because I um I left early." And I'm like, "No, you didn't leave early. You had an excused absence. You were mm-hmm. sick. I took you to the doctor." And I said, you need to go right up to that teacher and let her know that you need to complete whatever it is that that you didn't complete so that that grade is filled in. Because that zero is what's causing your your grade to be, you know, because it's weighted a lot heavier than all the other stuff that you did get turned in on time. And she was, you know, hesitant because the teacher, I guess, made her feel like, well, it was your fault that you didn't get this done because everybody else did. And they will do that, and they do do that. But then yeah, they do so, it. You know, as a parent and as PTAC, we, we have your back to say, okay, that's not being reasonable because if anybody mm-hmm. else got sick, then as long as they brought back a note or, you know, showing that the doctor saw the child, it's no big deal. You can't make your preconceived judgment that she just skipped off and didn't want to finish the work. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. You can try, but I'm not going to let you do that when it impacts a grade. Yeah. So those yeah, are my three. Because Jalen is letting me know that some of her teachers, um, she has a 504 plan in place. So that means that she's um, accommodated, like with, I guess, the calculator. They're allowed to use – she's allowed to use a calculator um, if she's taking a test, it's on a computer, so it can be read to her, like those type of accommodations. But she's also saying that the teachers will be a little hard with her because they don't want her to use the calculator, and they feel like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's not fair to the other students. I don't like that, you know. With, and the last question, do you have any of your concerns in writing to them? 
Oh, no. I, not in writing, no mail. Okay, no, that no. will be number one. Number yeah. one thing that you've got to do is all the things, and we, we have this wonderful replay now, so you can actually replay it back. Right. You need to write down, you know, and you can either send it to them in an email or an actual handwritten in your handwriting, whatever. But once you have something in writing and submit it, then they have to act on it. But as long as it's verbal, they can still pretend that they never, you know, they never had that conversation yeah. with you. Yeah. Okay. So I guarantee you, if you put what you just shared with us on this call and you put it in writing and just submit it to them, I, I, I'm willing to bet, guarantee, you're going to start seeing a change in how they treat your child and how they treat you. Mm-hmm. Okay. You have to so. just stay on top of it. Get your, your email. I'm teaching my 13 year old. He has to CYA cover his butt um, mm-hmm. because what's happening is Jennifer. The same thing. It's across the board, and it's really sad because we want our kids to be open to school and respect authority and all of this. So you have to teach them another way to respect authority, but at the same time cover themselves for when they meet the wrong one, um, mm-hmm. you know. And, and so it's just get her a planner, have her sign when she turns in her homework, have the teacher initial it um, so that you know that Oh, yeah, that's an excellent idea. So that they know, um, because with my son, it was coming back that he had never turned it in. And so when I finally went through and raised Cain and hell and all of this, um, to finally get the homework, he's going back over homework that said was never turned in and saying that he'd already done the work, she's turned them in. And so I told him, I said, well, Walter, it's your word against your teacher's word. And because you are the child, it's more apt to believe what the teacher is saying than you because we know you're going to try and get away with some stuff. So in order mm-hmm. to cover yourself, if you are indeed telling me the truth, then you need to use your planner, and when you give your teacher the homework, say, I need your initial that you've received it. If your teacher gives you grief about asking for that signature, then you let them know, my mama said, I need to get this signature. And then if there's still an issue, then your mama will get the vice principal and let the vice principal know, this is my request, and this teacher is not adhering to this request. And so you just Go back, girl, email and CC everybody and keep an open line of communication and be transparent. Um, Prepare your child to be ready for it. And, yes, it'll take some time, but they'll start responding when you get that email trail. Yeah, and you can blind copy us if you want. Um, You know, PTAC, P-E-T-A-C, at HBCUKids.com. That's fine. And, Jamal, do you have any suggestions based on your experience as a student or teaching or anything that you'd like to share? Man, that's a that's a that's a lot of stuff and to be honest, I'd like to talk to her offline. Okay. 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 We'd appreciate to talk to that. Offline. Yeah. Okay. I appreciate that. Thank you. All right. Well, if all hearts and minds are clear, we're going to adjourn for the November meeting, get ourselves prepared for the December 6th workshop, um, submit any comments or thoughts or things that you would like our two experts to cover on December 6th um, to PTAC, P-E-T-A-C, at hbcukids.com, and we will make sure that we get those 
um, organized so that we can make the maximum amount of time. I believe the workshop will probably be an hour at the most, but if they give us more time, that will be wonderful. But we're going to start it off at 7 o'clock on December 6th, Eastern Standard Time. Anybody want to give us a closing prayer? Come on, Joan. You know that's you. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for a wonderful, productive call tonight, Lord. We ask that you be patient with us as we find ways to glorify your name at the same time, help our fellow brothers and sisters in this journey that we have here on earth to help our children be the best and make sure that future generations, Lord, are not concerned constantly oppressed and distracted and put as second class. Lord, we know that you want the best for us, and you're giving us all the resources and everything we need. We just need to connect the dots and unite so that we can do what's best for our children. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Okay, so how do you want – I mean, stop the recording. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Good night. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.